Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 2 of Dungeon Meshi. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. You know, I've only heard it uh, twice now, but I'm surprised how much I like that opening theme. You know, it's not normally my genre, but uh, there's something undeniably catchy about it. Like, it feels, for want of a better term, classic. I could definitely get used to hearing it. Now, I'm wondering uh, what the deal is here. Oh. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's uh, a pretty horrible and topical nightmare. And I guess it's uh, rather appropriate considering she'd just eaten some monster the previous episode on two occasions. And this is probably about as good a time to bring it up as any, but by this stage in the game, I think I've uh, exhausted any foreknowledge I had about the manga. But that said, you know, I don't think it's pretty hard to guess where things are going, you know. My intuition is telling me that uh, they're probably going to eat monsters in a variety of forms and formats, thus managing to have uh, appropriate nutrition. I mean, Senshi says it best, you know, malnutrition is as big an enemy as any other monster you'll fight in the dungeon. And, you know... A meal might not be perfect here or there, but, you know, if you're getting your nutrients, that's all you really care about. So that's, uh, that's interesting, you know, Senshi, he's picking up on sort of like the macronutrients here. It's like you're, you're craving that pork the other adventures are eating because you're, you know, your body's hungry for high fat content. And I guess fair enough. Although that said, uh, the basilisk, this little critter they're intent on hunting, that seems kind of dangerous, you know? Because, uh, I mean, sure, I guess it might 
tastes like chicken, kind of, based on its physiology, but, uh... Those critters are dangerous, as far as I understand Dungeons & Dragons. Like, they turn you to stone. So, I mean, I guess, uh, the idea here of wanting to eat chicken, that's, uh... Noble, or laudable, I suppose. You know, who doesn't want a nice chicken? But on the other hand, I feel like, uh... If they're truly intent on getting to the bottom as soon as possible, it might be better to just stick with what's easy. Oh, that is gross. I mean, I understand wanting eggs and all that, but like, those... Oh, I mean, they're like long, narrow, and like sort of like soft-shelled like snake eggs. Oh, good lord, that's a big critter. I mean, if it's big enough to sort of, like, slash that guy with its talons, I guess I sort of, uh... Well, yeah, I mean, it's big. Like, I guess I assumed it would sort of, uh... tend more towards being chicken-sized. I mean, this would be comparable to, like, uh... Well, I don't know, I guess some sort of big critter that would, uh, be right at home eating humans. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that Marcel is sort of, uh, at the mercy of the Basilisk. I guess she kind of deserves it for standing out in the open with its eggs like that, but, uh... Now, this is actually interesting. You know, this is sort of taking, like, animal psychology into account here. Lias is able to, uh... make the Basilisk think twice by making himself appear big and large and making a bunch of noise and hollering. You know, it's not a... It's not a perfect technique, but, you know, there are a lot of animals who will back down if they think, uh... you might not be easy prey. You know, I, I think there's, like, a species of bear that if you basically just shout at it, they'll go away. Although that said, there's another type of bear where if you do that, it'll just maul you to death. And I guess what's worse is, like, the basilisk appears to be poisonous, too, you know? Like, that's, uh... It's not good. So that's interesting. You know, I guess, uh... It makes sense. You know, an antidote is all well and good, but if you can gain the properties of the antidote by also eating a delicious meal, you know... Why not, I guess? You know, it is a rush order, though. I mean, uh, I don't know much about venom or poison or any of that stuff, but I do know, uh... Snakes are rather nasty, you know? There's not a whole lot of, um... Anti-venom. It's sort of a scarce thing. You know, it's nice that even though this guy's dying from poison, he's like, Oh, the food's good. It has nice texture. You know, that it must be really good to sort of, uh come to the forefront of his mind like that. So they're sort of mentioning it themselves, that uh, rattlesnake tastes like chicken. I mean, that was just sort of what I was thinking. Like, the basilisk is an interesting creature because both varieties of meat would be similar, at least from anecdotal evidence I've heard.
Oh, dear. The contagion is spreading. I mean, these guys want to start hunting monsters for food, too. I mean, it's nice that their earnestness is sort of matched by the earnestness of Senshi. I mean, all things considered, why wouldn't he be willing to help people like him? But at the same time, you know, maybe they should be worried about, like, uh, improving and maybe not eating monsters. I mean, it's definitely, like, a benefit, like a sort of secondary thing you can save on money for food and rations. Okay. So that's an interesting little tidbit here. Red dragons sleep a lot, they only get up once a month. So I'm thinking, you know, to me, that's a little bit of foreshadowing. If they can uh, time things right, they can ambush the dragon while it sleeps. If indeed they get that far. And I get the feeling that Marcel's really just going to be the butt of the joke. I mean, it's nice for uh, somebody to pick on elves, you know. I'm a dwarf man myself. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, it, it does seem like, even as a wizard, she isn't remarkably useful. What's worse, they're talking about giant bats. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how good those would be to eat. I'd imagine they'd be kind of like chicken, too, but... I have to say, I really do despise bats. I've interacted with them before and they are nasty critters. I mean, sure they might do a good thing every now and again by uh, eating bugs and other pests, but... Uh, you know, it's not that fun to have them living in your house. Especially when they pop out on their terms. So I'm wondering what, uh, what Marcel's playing at here. I mean, she said she knows the best way of harvesting mandrakes. Although I get the feeling that maybe her method isn't, uh, quite that good if it involves sacrificing a dog. I mean, I get the feeling that this is something of, um, like an academic approach, not a practical approach. Yeah, I mean, like, when faced with the practical problem of they don't have a dog and you can just pull up the mandrake yourself, you know, she's stumped. And even more... Wow. That was, uh, brutal. I mean, Senshi just, like, pulled it out of the ground and decapitated it. You know, I reminded of that meme, you know, like, take take the scissors and cut off the head, this kills the crab. You know, rest in peace, Mandrake, I don't know if it quite deserved that. Although that said, you know, it, it seems to me that if you hear it scream, you die, so, uh... I guess the alternative isn't so bad. Now I'm wondering what's going on here, like, are they trying to make us sympathize with the elf? Like, I recognize that she is sort of the butt of the joke between falling on her tailbone and 
being made to look silly, but, uh... What's the deal here? Are they setting up something? I mean, she's now determined to go catch a giant bat herself. Something tells me this might not be a great idea. So, I mean, like, bats... They're, uh, they're bad enough at, uh, normal sizes, you know. I'm wondering how precisely she's gonna spook him out, cause, like, I feel like... I mean, they sleep during the day and they sort of hang suspended in, like, the rafters and stuff like that. You'd really have to do something to spook him. And I feel like uh, using magic like Marcel is doing is far more likely to spook... A whole bunch. You know, case in point. So, you know what? This is actually kind of an interesting plan, in theory. Use a bat to pull out a mandrake. The mandrake kills the bat. Now, I guess what's interesting here is that... Um, wow. You know, now... Uh, now I see they've done a really good job of uh, representing bats. At least in terms of how ugly they are, but... Uh, an interesting fact about bats is that uh, they don't actually fly in the way you normally think of. You know, they can't gain altitude by flapping their wings or anything like that, even though they do. You know, they, they flutter around a lot. But, uh... They glide, you know. So, uh, if a bat wants to gain altitude in any meaningful way, they kind of have to, like, climb up something. So, it's interesting that the Mandrake seems to have only impaired Marcel rather than killed her. So, I'm wondering, uh, you know, like, what, what sort of rules does it operate on? Does it only kill, like, weak things? Are people generally too strong? I mean, it's understandable you wouldn't want to be impaired like this, especially since it seems like she's being rather honest in an embarrassing sort of way. Man, you know, it's nice they're sort of reassuring her, while well, since she just sort of exsanguates the bat in the background. I mean, just seeing it have its throat slit, like, that was a little more gnarly than I was expecting out of something like this. But, uh... Man, nothing's good enough for an elf. Ooh, okay, so they're making omelets. I mean, I don't mean to sound so disgusted, but I'm not a, not a big fan of omelets or eggs in general. You know, they're not bad. I don't hate them out of malice. You know, it's a texture thing. But I'm wondering if, you know, if they have such a big bat, you know, maybe they could uh, cook some and save it for later, you know, bat jerky or something like that. Man, there, there is something wrong about just sort of squishing an egg like that. You shouldn't be able to do that. Oh, no. Essentially gonna do it. Is he gonna rub salt in the wound? Like, you know, hey, taste which one's better. Mine or the one Marcel harvested.
Okay. That's actually interesting. You know, Marcel scores a rare win. By screaming, it sort of gets all the bitterness out of the Mandrake, which... It's interesting, you know, I guess that's sort of like how, uh... When you slaughter cattle, you know, you want to do it in as quick and painless a way as possible so the meat doesn't tense up. You know, I guess it's sort of similar in principle. Alright, so... They're taking shortcuts, and it's just sort of a general principle, you know, it applies in Dungeons and Dragons too, but if there is a shortcut, you know, it's not really a shortcut. If there was a better method of getting from point A to point B, it would just be the way that people take, you know? And seeing as how they had to activate a little pressure switch to open up this secret tunnel, seems to me that it's uh, likely to be booby-trapped. I guess if nothing else, this is Chilchuk's place to shine, him being the rogue-type character, you know. One of their primary skills is lockpicking and finding and disabling traps. I always find this sort of thing interesting, you know. Because I guess the idea here is that some of these tiles are pressure-sensitive and when somebody steps on them, it springs a trap, so you have to avoid stepping on the booby-trapped tiles, step on only the ones that are safe. Yeah, you know, Senshi's not too worried, but he also wasn't the one that was almost skewered. And I guess the worst part is that uh, these big flagstones, like, they're not... they're not small, you know, you can easily fit your foot on it. You know, that is rather remarkable that he's able to set off all these traps and not suffer any ill effects from it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ooh, a fire trap uses oil? Man, it would be uh, nice to use it oil for cooking or frying or something. Something tells me that the oil might not be suitable for cooking. I mean, I guess... Uh, Tempura. That's a laudable goal. But on the other hand, uh... Well... I mean, I feel like since she's telling the truth here, vegetable oil is, uh, the likely culprit here since it's plentiful and easy to produce. But at the same time, suppose it's something like crude oil. You know, you're not gonna want to eat that. Although that said, you know, having a source of oil probably wouldn't hurt, even if it is inedible. Alright, you know what? Chilchuk is, uh, the voice of reason here, you know? I don't tell you how to cook, you don't tell me how to disarm traps. You know, that, uh... That tracks, because, uh, traps... I mean, they're dangerous, you know. If you're in a dungeon, they're in all likelihood designed to, uh... maim or kill you, you know. You don't want to mess around with that stuff if you can avoid it. 
You know, it's nice that Laius understands here. Like, Chilchuk isn't just doing this for his own benefit. He's doing this on behalf of the team. So, you know, if other people are screwing around, that only makes his job harder. Now, that strikes me as a remarkably bad idea that Senshi would just want him to activate the trap so he can collect the oil. I mean, uh, like Chilchuk says himself, it's boiling oil. And oil isn't something you can just sort of, like, wash off. Thus, you know, I would assume it would be capable of inflicting considerably worse burns than just boiling water. Wow. That's rather remarkable for uh, Senshi's dwarf physiology to withstand that heat. I mean, he says it's 180 degrees. I mean, I, I can only assume he's referring to like 180 degrees centigrade. I mean, whether it's Fahrenheit or centigrade, that's still more than enough to burn you, but centigrade, doubly so. Okay, so I guess, uh, this is something of a team-building exercise. You know, Senshi deferred to him on the traps to a degree, so now Chilchuk is deferring to him on the cooking. You know, that, that's interesting, because they probably don't necessarily have all the necessary butchering tools to uh, process a carcass like that, so, you know, why not use the giant swinging axe blade from the booby trap to do it for you? Working smarter, as it were. You know, I think the worst part about all of this... I use the term worst kind of flippantly is that I feel like some of this is bound to be like solid cooking advice in terms of like marinating meat as you do, like scoring it, seasoning it, letting it set. I mean, if you do it that way, like the seasoning will sort of seep into the meat. I know that much. You know, now they're sort of like frying up the mandrake or preparing to do it, you know, battering it and stuff like that. So... I mean, if nothing else, that sort of indicates to me that Mandrake is probably, uh, starchy, I guess. Kind of like a potato or uh, a tuber or a turnip or a carrot or something like that. Like a kind of, like, starchy root vegetable. So I'm wondering if uh, the idea here is that they're kind of like latkes, you know, like, sort of like shredded... Shredded potatoes fried in oil into a cake. You know, that is an interesting dilemma. You know, you have to adjust the fire just right, and since you're not working with proper cooking implements, at least insofar as the fire goes, you know, it's rather hard to get a good result. You know, that is interesting. One wouldn't expect to deep-fry food in a dungeon like this. Yeah, that, that is a good point, actually. It would probably be hard to get a consistent temperature working over an open fire. 
you know, the good thing about, like, a stove, be it electric or natural gas, is that you can fluctuate the temperature to get what you want. But that's not the case with an open fire. You know, it's almost a shame that Senshi's getting so sentimental, you know, about how someday when we part ways, like, come on guys, you're barely into your adventure, don't talk about parting ways so soon. Cause I mean, like, they're getting along so well as it is working together to cook. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy. <laughs>